right. Amen. Good to be in God's house again. Good to see everybody out. Amen. Just look at somebody. Give them a smile. Say it's good to see you tonight. Amen. All right. Come on, tell somebody else. It's good to see everybody on tonight. I'm glad to see you. All right. Uh, look like a lot of you all got displaced on tonight. <laughs> Boy, some of y'all, that, those pews. Boy, they just had your print on it. I mean, good grief. Boy, you, if you knew your spot, you marked that spot over the years. I don't know. They done broke it all up. Y'all gonna have to start from scratch again. Uh-oh, you better claim your pew. <laughs> you know, they say, uh, when uh, I, I got a, a fish aquarium at home, and they say anytime you get new fish, you ought to change some of the decor around and move things around when you introduce new fish to it because they're territorial. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to know the saints of God. This is really the church of the love you to life. I hope that y'all not so territorial that you start snarling and growling at people if they sit in your seat. Amen. Amen. Because ain't nobody in here got a seat. All right. So we're just breaking this thing up a little bit. And you, if you've got to claim your territory. <laughs> All right. Let's get into Bible class on tonight. I gave you some homework on last night. I'm not going to ask who did it or who did not do it. Some of y'all can't even remember. Be honest right now. Who in here remember that I actually gave you some homework? Something to read. One, two, three. Ain't that something for maybe four to five people out of the whole group um, remember what the homework was? And I told you to read Colossians chapter number four. All right. And so let's go over there. And then I also gave you another book. And we'll get into that in just a little while. Uh, let's go over to Colossians on tonight, chapter number four. I spent a great deal of time. Um, with that last week, and we made it through, I think, the first three chapters, and we're going to start another book of the Bible on tonight, and I'm hoping that we're going to make it through that one as well. We'll see how far we get, um, but you all are going to help me tonight to teach the Bible class. I want you to know, right? <laughs> all right. Y'all, y'all going to help. Trust me. You're going to help. All right. Um, we're going to break this little aquarium up tonight. You might have to move around a little bit. We're going we're gonna to help the pastor on tonight. I need some help. All right, Colossians chapter number four. Um, Colossians was uh, written, of course, to the church that was at Colossae. Um, it was written by Paul, the apostle, um, and it was, uh, he was, gotten, he was, of course, in house arrest in Rome. Uh, memory serves me correctly, uh, Epaphras or Epaphras. How did I say that name last week? It was either Epaphras or Epaphras. Um, Paul had uh, instilled in him the word of God. Um, he had become converted. And ultimately, this one that was under the tutelage, tutelage of Paul goes out and starts this church that's in Colossae. And uh, he comes back to Paul while he's in house arrest, and he gives him a good report. And I could imagine that that made Paul feel real good that uh, a church has gotten started. Now, Paul himself had never been there, um, but, of course, he was concerned about a couple of things that were going on in the church of Colossae. Uh, was concerned about a heresy that was going on. But other than that, there was some good news, all right? There was good and bad, all right? So we got through most of the chapters here. Um, He started in chapter number one, chapter number two, um, or chapter number one, rather. He he talks about Christ and about how Christ is enough. Uh, Chapter number two, stand firm in the faith, all right? And then we got to chapter number three, where he gives you those basic uh, principles for Christian character and really talks, it touches on that a little bit of everybody, talks about fathers and mothers and wives and husbands and even children. And here we are tonight in chapter number four. You all ready? All right. You all ready? 
Okay, let's get chapter number four out, verse number one, uh, book of Colossians. Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also, you have a master in heaven. All right? Uh, Can I get the translation on that if you don't mind? Verse number one, let's stay there just for a moment. Masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Uh, Remember that you also have a master in heaven. This is a different day, a different time, and slavery was uh, very much a part of Rome, and of course in Colossae they had had slaves, all right? Verse number two, listen to what it says. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, all right? Let's get that translation on that one. Continue in prayer. Uh, Go back. Let me get the translation on two. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. What can we get out of that on tonight? How many people in here pray right before you go to bed when you half asleep, barely got any left in you, and you get on your knees, and then boom, you just falling out, all right? Uh, Anybody in here got a, a, a specific time that you pray during the day? Um, anybody got that time? I know I see some sick. I already know there's some in this room because I know you come to morning prayer. Some of you all, I can expect a particular saint of God to come here at noontime. She's been coming more faithfully at noontime. All right. Um, but I, I would recommend when it, when it talks about this, devote yourselves to prayer. There has to be um, a discipline that's within us where we ought to try to pray and have an alert mind when we pray and not just be falling asleep. Why? Because prayer is important. All right, and if somebody is dependent on your prayers, first of all, uh, prayer is important for your own life. If you want God to do something for you, I suggest you pray, all right, and I, I suggest you try to keep yourself alert enough to be able to get that request. Now, I understand that, you know, God, I believe, understands that we're in these um, bodies and that we go through things and sometimes we're tired, but we ought to put a little effort into our prayers. And then it says with an alert mind and also not just with an alertness of mind. What's that last part say, saints? A thankful heart, all right? We ought to blend in some thanksgiving along with that. Now, let's get back to the King James, and let's go to verse number three, all right? You still with me? All right, for ye are, I'm sorry, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance, all right? We ought to pray that the Lord would give us some open doors to be able to declare his word. Y'all hear that? You know, why are you praying for a new car or praying for healing in your body, praying for a job or praying for uh, natural things? We ought to pray that the Lord would open up an opportunity for us to be able to share his gospel. I wonder if there's anybody here who's praying for those type of things. Any young people out there praying for those things? And when you walk around in your school, that you make a, a contact with somebody that can ultimately change that person's life. You know, that you make uh, a friendship or um, have some connection with somebody um, that would actually build God's kingdom and not just, you know, build the network or whatever you're trying to build. All right. So let's keep going here. We're in verse number three uh, to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Y'all hear that? Please pay attention right now. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. All right, why does it say that we ought to walk in wisdom? Of course, we're redeeming the time. But why is that important, that we don't just walk around in the world being real silly acting? Brother White? Yes, sir. Elder White. Somebody is watching us. All right, that doesn't mean that you got to always be just straight-faced 
Can't never smile, never have a sense of humor. Yes, sir. Well, I was in a, a place yesterday. I was in a place yesterday talking to a guy and just, you know, reminiscing, telling him how good God is and about the family. And I noticed the guy was looking at me. Mm -hmm. And he came from where he was over to where I was. He said, I want to thank you for what you're saying. And he shook my hand. And that scripture came to me, letting your words be seasoned to the hearers, mm -hmm. that it may, you know, produce grace to the hearers. Mm -hmm. So it is it's important what we say and how we act around people to determine if God's going to get the glory. That's right. So we ought to walk in wisdom. All right. There ought to be um, a, a way that um, about us, a way about us. I'll say it like that. Well, people look at you and say, OK, you know, that's not just a silly acting woman or a silly acting man. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we all have different personalities. Um, you know, some of us, the Lord has blessed us with a sense of humor or a certain personality, a more infectious personality, a more outgoing personality. And you're not going to be able to change that no matter how much you try to tuck it in. I'm going to tell you right now, you try to be walk around. I remember boy, in high school, I would just try to, you know, I was trying to impress some girls. So I always try to, you know, be more straight place, you know, but all of a sudden, here I am, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just going to come out, you know, the Lord is just, you, the Lord is just giving you that, that's what it is, you can try to be real straight face and hard all you want to, but if that's who you are, if you got a sense of humor, you ain't going to be able to hold it in, anybody ever try to hold in a laugh, ain't that uncomfortable, you know, but at the same time, um, even though you got to be yourself, there's some wisdom because I, you know, I got a big certain, uh, big person or a big, uh, big personality and a big sense of humor. Um, but there's certain things that just ain't funny to me. I don't know about you. Anybody here know you got a, a sense of humor, but it's there's a line that I draw. Everything ain't funny. You know, you know, you taking the Lord's name in vain, or or I, I'm I'm sitting there, I'll be just a stone face. <laughs> You know, I ain't trying to get struck by lightning or what. You know, I ain't trying to get in trouble with God. You'd be laughing by yourself. There's just a line that we have to draw sometimes because I'm trying to walk in wisdom. All right, verse number six, let's keep moving. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. Y'all hear that? Season up your words. Add a little seasoning to that. None of us in here like nasty food, bland food. And so even in our speech, even when we have to tell people the truth and speak the word of God, you ought to put a little bit of seasoning on that. Because even you, like, how many people like bland food in here? Nobody. Y'all like seasoning on your food? But when we speak to each other, let's try to make it a little bit better. Let it go down a little bit better, all right? Ain't nothing wrong with you putting a little pinch of sugar or something in there. You know, when you're making something, you know, it doesn't always have to cut. You don't have to chase it down with bitterness. Watch your tone. Tone, the way you say something is just as important as what you say. Y'all hear that? All right, so we got to watch that. All right? Season with salt that you may know how ye ought to answer. All right, where am I at? Uh, verse number seven. Now, these are all them verses that you all like to skip over. All my state shall Tychius declare unto you who is the beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate. So I'm sending him so that he can check you out and see how you are doing and comfort your hearts. All right? And then with Onesimus, I believe you pronounce it. Is that correct? Is that right? With Onesimus, I'm going to be saying that tonight all night long, so if I'm wrong, you better correct me. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. Y'all hear that? 
Now, these are all those verses we like to skip over, but there's some stuff in here. So I'm sending this letter to you all. I'm sending it with Onesimus. They shall make known unto you all things which are done here. All right? Um, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, sister's son, to Barnabas, touching whom you receive commandments. If he come unto you, receive him. Just stay with me for a minute. And Jesus, all right, which is called justice, not Jesus Christ, who are of the circumcision, the Jews, these only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. In verse number 12, you take that one. Go ahead. Okay, Epaphras, all right? And that's the one, remember, that's the one that started this work in Colossae. Who is one of you? What's this book called that we're in? All right. A servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all in the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them in, all right, Hierapolis. Luke, a beloved physician. All right, y'all didn't make that up. We knew Luke was a physician. Demas, greet you. Salute the brethren that in Laodicea and Nymphus and the church which is in the house and when the epistles is read among you, calls that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans. All right. Okay, I believe. Uh, let's keep going and say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou will fulfill it. Verse number 18, the salutation by my hand of me, Paul, remember my bonds. Remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. All right. Remember, I told you he was on house arrest. All right. Now, let's go back over here to verse number nine um, with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother. All right. Let's go back up actually to uh, verse number seven. Give me the New Living Translation that we're going to get this thing off the ground. Just bear with me. I know it's a little boring right now, but we're we going to get there after a while. All right. Tychius will give you a full report about how I'm getting along. So I'm sending this letter to you all. All right, Paul writes this letter. He's a beloved brother and faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work. I'm sending this letter with Tychius. All right, verse number eight. Come on in the translation. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. Verse number nine, here we go. I am also sending Onis Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, one of your own people, he and Tychius will tell you everything that's happening here. All right, so we got this letter. Now, we're in the book of Colossians. Now, the companion uh, for Colossians would be what book? All right, somebody did their homework, or somebody remembers what I told you and acting like you did your homework. All right, so let's turn there. Uh, Philemon. All right. Now, I would, yeah, I've said Philemon forever, so I'm going to, you know, I've messed that up. I've, that's one of the books of the Bible that I just butcher, Philemon, but it's Philemon. All right. Put a long I sound and a long E sound on, and I believe you'll have it. Am I saying it right? Phi, phi, Philemon, Philemon. All right. Now, um, filet mignon, put that up on the screen. Get that, uh, where is it? Put some, where my steak picture at, uh, Brother Scooter? There we go. Now, that's filet Mignon, all right. Now, what anybody know that cut of steak at all? Any cooks, huh? 
That's a, that's a, I heard somebody say, Lord, have mercy. It's supposed to be a tender part of me, all right? Now, so what I want to do, this book of the Bible, filet mignon, is not, you know, we're going to call it it's Philemon, but it's kind of like filet mignon. This is some good stuff. And we're going to serve it up real good. Now, give me that, the next picture I had up there. Now, this is where all the different cuts of meat, you know. Uh, now, you have to, filet mignon is, you got to get over there on the tenderloin part of it. And it's not just the whole tenderloin, it's a certain part of it. And they say it's supposed to just kind of be so tender that it just melts in your mouth. And, and what I'm hoping that this tender letter that Paul has, wrote, has written to uh, uh, one by the name of Philemon will be so tender and just touch your heart, melt in your mouth, and it'll change your life. And by the time you walk out of here, you won't be so mean no more. All right? Or that you, you know, if you got bitterness that you're holding in your heart, you know, that by the time this Bible class is over, you will let it go. You know, whatever you're holding on to. Oh, I hope this meat. Is this a, how many people know the word of the Lord is good meat? And I'm hoping y'all cut this steak up real good, this filet mignon, and you have um, this book of Philemon tonight, and uh, we're going to eat this on tonight. And y'all going to help me to serve it up. And what I'm going to need tonight is um, we're going to need, I'm going to need a couple of group leaders um, who are going to help me out. All right. So I hope you're ready. You're already displaced. You know, you already ain't sitting on your favorite pew. So if you got to get up and, and wake up finally in Bible class, half the time when I'm looking out here, I'm seeing some of y'all, <laughs> you know, doing everything but snoring. So wake up in here on tonight because I need a few uh, leaders. And I don't even know how we're going to do this. If I was a real, real good pastor, I'd have had this all planned out how I was going to do it. But y'all got to work with me on tonight. All right. I need somebody to be, um, I need maybe about nine or ten, maybe nine uh, uh, group leaders right now. Oh, you know, small groups. We've been doing small groups, so we ought to be kind of used to this by now a little bit. We've been trying to do small groups a little bit. Anybody, any volunteers? I just got to start nominating folk. All right, we got Brother Harrison. Come on down, Brother Harrison. Here's your sheet right now. This is an assignment that I'm going to give you all. And then I'm going to give you maybe 15 minutes or so to uh, be in your group. All right, small group number one. All right, you can sit on the front row. Um, and somebody, number two. Anybody in here? Number two. I need somebody else. Help me out. Sister Shine, right on. I appreciate you. All right. Group number three. All right. Brother Rain, group leaders, if you can go up on the front row right now. Or actually, how about group, all the group leaders, just go somewhere in the sanctuary right now. Just go somewhere. Stan, Mike, you know, you are just a natural born leader. You got, you know, I was going to choose you for. <laughs> I know you was giving a chance. They're not going to come up here. All right. Uh, let me see here. Elder Raglan, Minister of Music. <laughs> uh, okay, let me give you. Let me see. Here. All right, take four. All right, Elder Taylor. You know you are you are Elder for a reason. Come on, help me out. Um, and I'm I'm just handing these out to you all. Six. All right. Let's see here. Anybody else want one over here? I see the Kimballs, both of them strong leaders. Amen. And uh, Elder Green ain't going to work you no more. I've been working you all day. Can we get uh, Elder Green a hand? I mean, tell you, this man been in here just working all day long. Sister Ruthie, I appreciate it. I know, Elder Green, you could take it. You, you sit back and just relax with the wife on tonight and enjoy yourself tonight. Because, I mean, that brother, he's been chopping up pews and helping out in here. All right. You going to do it? All right. Come on over here. Help me out. Sister, uh, my friend from Kroger, I used to teach her grandkids. 
Come on, you got to find somewhere in here. Let's give her a hand. Ain't right. And then uh, nine and ten, somebody else. I'm going to give this to the Kimball family. There we go. They both. I ain't going to even divide that family up. They're good people. All right. Now, here's what I need you to do. Um, I need everybody to stand up right now. Come on, stand up. Y'all do pastor. <laughs> All right, you got it. Now, group leaders, be somewhere, give yourself some space, and uh, you might want to wave your hand around so they can see who you are. Now, everybody, you're going to have to find a group. Now, how, we got, I don't know how many people here, but if your group gets too big, then you're going to have to just go somewhere else. All right? So find a group right now, everybody. Here we go. Ready? And move. Find a group. You can go anywhere you want to go. Anywhere you want to go. Elder Hollis. <laughs> David Hollis. Good Find a group. Find a group. And then you can get comfortable, have a seat. When you find your group, just find somewhere and sit down because you'll be there for a minute. You know, just have a, we're going to have maybe about a 15 uh, minute discussion. Uh, for those of you all who are at home watching, uh, you can read the book of Philemon while you're watching at home for a minute. We need about 15 minutes. We'll be back with you. Uh, Brother Scooter, can you put on the screen, just put Philemon so at least they know where we are over there. Wherever you want to go. <laughs> yeah, okay, Brother Taylor needs some over here. You come on the pulpit. It's fine. Anybody? <laughs> Sisters, you come up here wherever you want to go. And get somewhere where you can actually sit, because you might be a minute, you all. Okay. Sister Rain, you need some people over there? Sister Rain is available. Anybody can come over there. Okay. All I have done is just divided up the book of Philemon. First of all, is just 25 verses. It's just one chapter. And all I did is just cut up those verses and I gave you a certain portion of this filet mignon. And then you go ahead and you just um, chop it up. I would like you to, you can read the, the scriptures that I gave you. I gave you a couple of discussion questions. And then you discuss those for a minute. And then please be prepared to nominate somebody who's going to share um, what you found as we go through this. Okay? All right. We got to make it through a whole chapter tonight.
All right, just maybe about five more minutes or so. Y'all good? Who needs a little bit more time? We need more time? Okay, about five more minutes. All right, just about two more minutes.
So just be ready to explain your scriptures and, and the importance and what it means, what it can mean to us today. You know, about one more minute. Don't, don't get divided. Everybody else's group is together. Uh, not going anywhere. I don't know. You got to grab a chair. Whatever you got to do. Just. Yeah. All right. Y'all ready? We good? All right. Okay, stay in your groups, and then we're going to get started on, um, start from the beginning of the chapter, all right? See Sister Ruthie over there preaching still? You, <laughs> I just, all right, Elder Kimball, your group ready? Sister Kimball, y'all group ready? Okay. All right, now, um, everybody, you can find a, a comfortable spot, but stay in your group, please. And then um, what I, Brother Gabe is going to come over, and he's going to give the mic to um, the particular groups. Um, but let's go ahead and everybody get your Bibles. Y'all can sit on the steps. It's all good. It's informal. We're all right. All right. Get your Bibles out. We're in the book of Philemon. It's only 25. Don't be intimidated. You're going to read a whole book of the Bible on tonight. All right. Um, chapters, num- or, well, one chapter, verses 1 through 25. Um, we're going to take the first three verses. All right. And then we'll go to group number one in just a moment. All right. Here we go. Y'all ready to read? Everybody there? All right. Here we go. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Who wrote this book? Good. And Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. So we got, fellow, we got Philemon, all right? And to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy... Where is it the church at, y'all? All right, so there we are. All right, so we have three people. Um, we have Philemon, and then also, or Philemon, rather, and then they believe that Aphia, it was more than likely probably his wife, and then you have Archippus. Archippus is probably maybe the son, all right? So there's, this is a family that Paul is writing to. Now, I thought to myself when I heard about this, or when I read this, what if all of a sudden the Lord would write a, a letter to your family? What would it say? What would he commend you for and what would he tell you to do? All right. So this is a letter to this particular family. Verse number three, grace to you in peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Now, for group number one, the question um, that I wanted you guys to answer is how can we use our home for God's glory? All right. And then just share with the rest of the group ways that we can use our own homes, all right? Because this was a church that started in the house. How can we use our homes for God's glory? Who's group number one? All right. Who's the spokesperson? Okay. All right. Brittany's going to be the spokesperson on tonight. 
So different ways that we can use our home for God's glory is one, we can open up our homes to the people who need shelter. Um, you can make your home into a sanctuary. Um, and by that we mean like just creating an atmosphere of worship with music, uh, with prayer, um, just to encourage that spirit of God just to come into the place. Um, to have scriptures of encouragement around the home. Um, I know like sometimes we would put our scriptures like on our mirror in places that we would look at every day just as a daily reminder of his word. How many in here got a godly home? Oh, how many got, let me ask that one more time. Come on, church. How many got a godly home? And you're being intentional of making that space a, a, a place that God can dwell in. All right. When people walk into your home, you know, it, it should be different than if you walk in somebody else's house who doesn't know the Lord. I mean, you ought to be able to, I'm serious, there ought to be a place that you have where you pray or, uh, or, or just, uh, we, there ought to just be a difference. All right, go ahead, Sister Brittany. Um, it's, uh, another thing that was mentioned is using um, our home as a community Bible study in the neighborhood, just mm -hmm. like with small groups. Um, uh, just like with what? Small groups. All the small group leaders, let me just see you. Can you wave your hand if you're doing a small group in your house? Look at all these people. If you have not yet got connected to a small group, we do small groups on the third Sunday of the month, all right? And all you have to do is just get plugged into a group leader. And I, we're going to be doing more of that, so please try to get connected to somebody, all right? Go ahead. Yes. Um, you could use your home as a food pantry or a giveaway, um, a refuge, make it a safe haven. Um, raising family and sanctification, um, as in like adoption or like foster care, um, and then having like an open door policy. Um, another thing we mentioned, we could use you more saved to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's super saved. Um, using your home as a, like a neighborhood, um, like a neighborhood watch, where the people could come and you can, you know, I think there's a scripture talks about like keeping the city. Um, and that could kind of be like the theme of your home. Time out. Now, if, if the house, uh, what's the house committee? The homeowners association is always after your house and you a saint of God. You're not cutting your grass. Oh, that, that, come on, y'all. We ought to represent by what we do, how we keep ourselves. You know, y'all, your neighbors shouldn't be complaining about you, you know, because you just got all your trash out and just things just sitting all in the yard. Get that place cleaned up. They ought to know that this is a child of God's house. All right, so we, got, we made it through the first three verses. Let's go ahead and go to verse number four, and then we'll move to group number two. All right, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers. All right, um, all right, we can stay right there. Group number two, where are you at? Group two, who's the spokesperson for that? Brother Gabe, where are you at? Come on, brother. Come on, hustle, hustle, hustle. <laughs> all right. Amen. Um, so we had questions at the bottom of our page, and it says um, that we ought to share the scripture with the group or an experience um, that affirmed the benefit and importance of praying for others. Mm -hmm. And then the other question was, does it, uh, making mention mean that Paul always prayed long, complicated prayers for Philemon? Is there a benefit in briefly mentioning others in your, in, in your prayers? So the scriptures that we came up with. And let me just bring a little bit more clarity to what she just said. Let's go back to that scripture, verse number four. It says, I thank my God, making mention of the always in my prayers. Now, we ought, men ought to always pray and not to faint. But is anybody in here ever just in your prayers just kind of breathe out people's names? Like, Lord, remember Sister Tasha. Remember Sister Kimball. Lord, remember Brother Donaldson. And then sometimes you think, am I spending enough time? 
praying for each individual. And there are times where I spend, you know, I might think of a, one person who's going through a particular situation and spend a little bit more of a focused time in prayer. But then there are other people where I seem like I just at least want to mention them in prayer. All right. Now, what did you have to say about that? Is that all right for me to do that? Just mention people in prayer or what you think? Um, we agree that it's, it's, it's okay just to mention people in prayer. Um, one of the scriptures we uh, brought up, I'm trying to... Take your time, you're all right. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself make an intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And then we um, also, there's a scripture that said, but ye beloved, building yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Right. So there's a lot of times that we don't know what's going on in somebody's life or what to pray for. So we don't have to have a long, drawn-out prayer. Just calling, you know, uh, Lord, just remember so-and-so. God rem can remember that person because he knows what that person stands in need of. So, no, it does not have to be a long prayer. It doesn't have to be a complicated prayer. But then there are times, um, one of the saints shared with us that sometimes when she's in prayer, how God will direct somebody to her, and then she will ask the Lord, well, what should I pray for? Sometimes God gives it to her, sometimes God doesn't. But just mentioning the person's name in prayer um, is good enough because the Holy Ghost knows. The Holy Ghost knows what that person stands in need of. So. Anybody ever ask somebody, call out my name. Just call out my name in prayer. The Lord knows if you just throw my name up there if you're praying, all right? Amen. Let's hear it for group one and group two. Amen. Good job. Sister Brittany, Sister Sean. All right. All right. Uh, we're in verse number five now. Let's keep traveling through the book of Philemon, all right? Uh, let's go ahead and read. Hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brethren. All right? Uh, let's go ahead and um, can I get that? Um, just in the, well, I don't have time for the translation on tonight. Let's, get, let's keep on going here. All right, our love and faith, it should be a blessing to others. How many would agree? All right, your love and faith. Now listen to what he says. Hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and towards some of the saints. No, toward all saints, all right? Now, group number three, I had a question for you all or something that you should uh, discuss. Share with your group ways your love and faith can bless and inspire the lives of others. Who's group number three? Well, nobody group number three? I must have left that one out. All right, is that you all? Oh, that's Sister Rain. Come on, Sister Rain. Now you left me hanging. I'm about to... It's all right. You group three, Sister Rain. Who's a spokesperson? All right. So, Elder White, how can our love and faith bless others? Uh, me personally, my love and faith can bless others, just in general people that I see each and every day. Uh, the Bible talks about do good unto all men, mm -hmm. especially those of the house of faith. But your love, it goes beyond the house of God. It goes beyond your neighbors, people on your job. And I was just telling her on my job, I've adopted something for myself. And uh, it's a great change that I love because... I talk to people now, I say, see people, I say, I want your day to be better than what it was, than when you leave my presence. I want to make sure that I have made a difference in somebody's life That's that good. day. 
and that thing has gotten hold of me. So when I see people, I'm urged to help them, to show the love of God instead of talking about it. Because so many people are talking about the love of God, but who's showing it? That's good. And I want to be the one, that example, that when people see me, they'll see Christ. You know, just like I was just saying a while ago, I'm talking to somebody about the love and the things of God. Somebody heard what I was saying, mm -hmm. wasn't even talking to them. But they came because of what they heard. And I want to thank God that... Uh, to have that love and that, that faith to be able to bless somebody. So when somebody is conversation about you somewhere, they say, well, I know brother so-and-so because he was talking about the love of God and the faith that he had God, you know, toward God and the things that I've seen him do. So that's what I want to be able to be able to expound in life. That when you see people, our love shouldn't be just in one's face. It should be shared with everybody. Mm -hmm. God loves everybody. I don't care who you are, what kind of uh, walk, life that you've come for. I have learned how to love people. And when you love people the way God wants you to love them, you will see them as a soul and not just an individual. All right. Good stuff. Amen. Let's give him a hand. All right. Let's go back to that verse, verse number five. I hope everybody's still paying attention to the word because I need to connect all this together. Hearing of thy love and faith. Who's love and faith? Who is Paul talking to right now? Philemon, all right? He's talking to Philemon. Um, Philemon had a church in his house in Colossae, all right? And a lot of us, we need to kind of look at what Paul did here. Before you have a request for somebody, it's good for you to start off. Instead of just calling me on the phone and immediately just asking for something, I see you, but asking for something, it might be good if you, well, how are you doing? You know what, Brother Jay said, I sure like the way you did that Bible class. And then all of a sudden, that's when you hit me with the request. <laughs> Y'all know how you do it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got to butter them up a little bit. And so what Paul is doing, you know, he's telling, he's not just coming out the gate with the requests or coming out the gate with the problem that he has, but he tells him, Philemon, I know I hear about the love and the faith that you had. That is a tactic that some of the saints, we need to glean from Paul. Don't come out the gate, you know, telling somebody what they're doing wrong. Tell them what they're doing right first. Brother Hollis, I'm so glad to see you on tonight. I like that black top. But man, I'm telling you, I don't know why you left me hanging the other day. You were supposed to be here for me the other day. But we're going to give you a hand anyhow. <laughs> All right. So now, so that's what he says to him here. And Sister Rain, you had a, a comment. Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. You all right, Sister Rain. Do you? <laughs> bless this group, Lord. Bless, bless, bless them, Lord. Bless group number three. Go ahead, Sister Rain. Now, uh, uh, Elder White was uh, saying those things, and I was also uh, up, saying Lord. about the, uh, the scripture talks about if someone comes in with vile raiment, mm -hmm. uh, we shouldn't show partiality Good. at all. Mm -hmm. um, and when the scripture, you know, when Paul wrote to him, uh, he really built him up. Good. He encouraged him. Yeah. And that's what we should do to people, whether we're in the store, whether it's our neighbor. We don't have to know them. Mm -hmm. But we could, you know, someone could, we could be talking to someone or whatever. And you know what? I'm going to pray for you. Good. And it could be right there. We don't have to know them. Mm-hmm but to encourage them in the Lord. Uh, and it makes a difference how, you know, people watch us. We're living epistles, read and known of men. That's the truth. And so to show the love of God, it's the life that we live each and every day in our neighborhoods, at the store, on our job. It doesn't make a difference. But that letter in Philemon, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I'll remember that. Mm -hmm. uh, that was such a loving and encouraging letter mm -hmm. to uh, Philemon's uh, master, but he encouraged him. He said, he's no longer your servant. Okay, now you're going too far, Sister Brown. you all of somebody else. you in the next group now. All right, so he, Paul kind of butters him up, tells him what he's doing right, and then now he's about to hit him with a request. All right, so group number four, here we go in verse number eight. Uh, let's go down to verse number eight. Wherefore, though, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient. All right, verse number nine. Yet for love's sake, I rather beseech thee being such and one as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. All right, now I'm going to have to get this in the New Living Translation. Go back to verse number eight. I'll, everybody pay attention just for a minute. I want you to hear this one right here. All right, now let's read this out loud, everybody. That is why I am boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do. Verse 9. All right, which brings us to point number four. We should appeal to other folks in love. Know how to talk to people. Woo, know how to do it. Appeal in love. You can't just all of a sudden just come and kick down the door and demand your way. You got to learn how to. And, and Paul really had the right to really push his way, you know, with, with uh, Philemon. But notice how he comes to him gently. All right, group number four, uh, share examples of how we can lead in love by example rather than force. Group number four, who's the spoke? Aisha, go ahead and preach. <laughs> so um, we have supporting family even when you don't feel like it, for like example, maybe watching your grandchildren or maybe a grandparent that needs to go to the grocery store or whatever, actually sacrificing that time mm -hmm. um, and just supporting that family. Um, instead of exposing wrong, showing love by helping. Um, so kind of like what you were saying, instead of beating them down, but actually trying to build them up in love. Mm -hmm. um, also giving up my rights for others. So again, kind of going back to just sacrificing your time for those people. Um, watching what you say and how you said it, say it, what you said as well. Mm -hmm. um, just again, showing in love and then not ignoring needs. So for like example, um, somebody might, might be short on money, don't have groceries or something like that. And just sacrificing and maybe buying them lunch or whatever if you see a need that needs to be met and not just ignoring it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I, I just have, you know, I, I'm the, the pastor. And but I don't just all of a sudden just I, if you really are secure in who you are, you don't have to go around just throwing your weight around. Y'all hear that? I don't have to come in here and just be like, I'm the pastor. Brother Tim, right now, get on that organ and play. Brother Eldridge, seen, sitting up in that pulpit, get on them drums. Now, I, you know, I ain't seen you in a long time, but get on them drums. I ain't, you know, I don't got to act a fool like that just because I'm the pastor. Because first of all, y'all, I know how to I clear out the church real fast. <laughs> Y'all be somewhere else. Too many options, you know, out there. Amen. So, but you got to learn just because, you know, that you're in a position of leadership doesn't mean that you have to be harsh and throwing your weight around. And uh, really, that's a sign of weakness when people do that. So notice how Paul, Paul being this apostle, he still learns how to ask him this, you know, and, and encourages him. All right. Now, let's keep on going here. Uh, 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 verse number 10, I believe we're at. Good job. All right, let's go ahead and read, everybody. We're almost halfway through. Let's, oh, I'm, I know that's right. <laughs> go ahead, Sister Aisha. Come on. Give her a little love. All right. 
Okay, we're halfway through. We're doing good, y'all. Halfway through this whole book of the Bible. All right, let's go ahead and read. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sent again. Thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels. This is my own son. I mean, this is one. Now watch how you treat him. This is mine. I'm going to send him back to you. Now remember this. So Philemon had a, how, a church in his house. Philemon had it going on. Philemon probably had money. Philemon was a master, and he had people working under him. He had slaves underneath him, all right? And so he's talking. He sends this letter to him because there was one by the name of Onesimus, and Onesimus used to be his slave, but now he's a runaway. He ran, and he ran all the way over to Rome and must have came in contact with Paul. Paul took him in. Uh, expounded the word of God to him, and now Onesimus messes around and gets saved and becomes profitable to Paul. Now, but he recognizes you got to go home, boy, because there's some business that you got to deal with. And so Paul sticks his neck out. Now, I'm saying too much. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm preaching y'all, sir. I, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm at, okay. Me and Sister Rain, we just, well, we hot tonight. Go ahead. Now, go ahead. Who's, who's the spokesperson? Go ahead. Who's our chapter? We're in group, group five. All right. Who, where y'all at? Go ahead, Sister Brown. Preach the word. I'm sorry. I'm, oh, I felt some anointing on that. I'm sorry. Got away from myself. Oh, go ahead. That was a good word. Good All word, right. sir. You could have kept going. All right. Go ahead. But our question was, we are encouraged uh, to love like Jesus. And so we talk. Mm -hmm. well, this one says, share examples of how God has given you a new identity and ultimately reintroduced you to the world around you. How can we help others get a fresh start slash new birth? And so we were talking, and one of our members was expressing how she got the Holy Ghost when she was in high school. But when she went back to school after getting the Holy Ghost, she was different. And so that was good. The, her family saw a change, and her friends also changed. Because, you know, they don't want to hang around with you when you get saved because you don't do what you used to do. Right. And when you're saved, you make them feel guilty for what they did do because darkness does not like light. And so when light is introduced, I'll move on. <clears throat> and then one important thing that we were discussing about Philemon, he, since he was a runaway slave, they had rules for what you were supposed to do when you got somebody's slave. You weren't supposed to take them in and, and all of that. You were supposed to send them back to their slave master. But he didn't. He stayed with, kept him, and introduced Christ to him. So when it says, you before were, un he was unprofitable before because he ran away. That was not right. But then once he got saved, he's coming back. He's going to be profitable to and you. And when I get back, let me reintroduce him to you because now this ain't the same Onesimus that you used to know. That's right. My God. Y'all right. hear that? All right, and so some of us, you know, we have to get a reintroduction. You know, you go back, you get saved at a meeting one night, heart wasn't right, but something got a hold of you, and when you go back home, now your family is still looking at you like you're the same individual, but no, you don't know what got a hold of me. All right, and so that's what happened to Onesimus. He comes back 
to his master, Philemon, and Paul's telling him, oh, wait a minute, this person has had a change going on. All right, let's uh, hear it for Sister, oh, I'm sorry, she's not done preaching. Now hurry up, I got to get some more groups in here. Come on, preacher. So the last thing is that it says, uh, so that you can ultimately reintroduce yourself to the world around you. Many of the saints, and we have one in our, in our group, she has a wonderful testimony. And when she meets somebody that was in the same environment she was in, she can say, God will deliver you because he delivered me. And that's what that reintroduction is about. That, oh, you mean there's hope for me? There's help for me? Good, good, good. All right. Amen, group five. All right, we're in verse number 15. Uh, here we go. Whom I would have retained with me. Now, in other words, what he's saying here is Onesimus, I would have kept him with me because I loved Onesimus. Onesimus was as if he was my own child. So I would have kept him with me that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. All right. So he could have stayed with me and helped me out. But without thy mind, would I do nothing? So if you didn't give me permission, I'm not going to do that, even though, really, wink, wink, you owe me one, uh, Philemon, all right? That thy benefits should not be as it were of necessity. I don't want you to do this because I'm forcing you to do it. I want you to do it willingly. Y'all hear that? All right, let's keep on going here. Verse number 15, I believe. Um, for perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou shouldest receive him forever, all right? Not, uh, not now as a servant, but above a servant, is cutting it off, above a servant, a brother, beloved, especially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. All right, I want to hear from um, uh, group number six, please. Um, and I guess the question would be, how should we view others who have been saved? This one might be a little, I need you to kind of help me bring some clarity to this one, um, because there were all these distinctions um, that he had. They looked at him at first as a, uh, as a servant or as a slave, but now Paul's telling him, don't look at him like this anymore. All them little distinctions that you used to have between master and slave, you got to set that to the side. Now, there's some other distinctions that sometimes the scripture has, and I'm, I'm just going to hand it over to you all. I'm going to throw all of you to you all. You can finish it up. Um, but there's a scripture. Let's put up here Colossians 3 and 10, other distinctions that we like to have. All right, 3 and 10, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, verse number 11, where there is neither what? Greek nor Jew. So if you're racist and you're trying to be saved, that don't go together. You got to throw that out the door when you come on this side, all right, because all them classifications and distinctions and all that type of stuff, it ain't going to work over here on this side. Y'all hear that? All right, circumcision or, or Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbaric, barbarian, Scythian. Now, you know, the barbarians and Scythians, I explained that the other week. You know, a Scythian is like a savage, all right? But you might look at somebody and look at them like they're a savage, but if that person gets saved, you got to throw that out the door, amen? You might look at that person and like, they used to be a barbarian, but now that they stepped on this side, throw that old classification system out the door, all right? All right, you know, ain't no, you know, hood saints and, you know, and <laughs> come on, ain't none of that over here. It's just saints. All right. All right. Galatians 3 and 26. I'm going to hand this over to you all. Um, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Come on. You all read this next verse. 27. Come on. 
Uh-huh, 28. All right, the question at hand is, is how should we view others who have been saved? Now, I don't know who the spokesperson, or Elder Taylor, yes, sir. Amen. And your, the first it said we should advocate, you said we should advocate for freedom. All right. And when I look at this, it reminds me, I mean, Paul had the wisdom to, to understand that Philemon might be a little reluctant to receive Onesimus. But Paul found himself in this same situation when he got saved, and it took Barnabas to reintroduce him. We know Paul is a persecutor of the church. He wasted the church. But now this, this brother is saved. He's filled with the Holy Ghost. He's working for the Lord. He's a new creature. And, and the rest of them were still kind of reluctant to receive him. But Paul had been in this situation before. And so now he's doing the same thing for Onesimus. And um, hopefully, and, and, and he, he reassured him, and he even used his own clout. Well, I don't want to get into another group, but he even used his own uh, relationship with, with Philemon. Hey, in other words, you owe me, in a sense. Now, the same grace that I've given you, I want you to give this same grace and look at him as a brother in Christ. He's a servant of God. Mm -hmm. Come on, let's give, give group number six a hand. Amen. Good, good, good. All right. We're making good time here. All right. Let's go to uh, verse number 17. It was good. Real good. And, you know, you got to think about that. What Christ did for me. Amen. I ought to be willing to help somebody else out. Ooh, you know, Christ did it for Paul. And then Paul, the same example that he saw in Christ, Paul's following that example uh, in what he's doing for Onesimus. All right. All right. Here we go. Verse number 17. Um, if thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee, or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. Listen to that, Paul. If, if he's wronged you in any way, charge it to me. I, Paul, have written it with my own hand. I will repay it. Albeit I do not say to thee how thou, uh, how thou owest unto me even thine own self, Besides, in other words, let me remind you, you know, before you go, you know, um, uh, dishing out the bill, what you owe me, because if it hadn't been for what I had done for you, you know, you would never have met the Lord Jesus. All right. So you got to remember. So he's kind of throwing these little subtle reminders. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. All right. Um, so let us forgive like Jesus. All right. The questions for group number seven are. Um, in your group, discuss scriptures or examples of the power of forgiveness. Why should we extend this to others? Have you ever stuck your neck out for somebody else? Go ahead, Sister Michelle. Okay, so one, another question that we also ask in our group is, so what if I've been wronged? Mm. In Philemon's case, or Philemon, I think I said that right, mm. he had been wronged. Sister Ruth gave an example of being wronged um, and then just asking for forgiveness, even though she was the one that had been wronged. And so in this case, Philemon had been wronged by Onesimus, um, but he was asked to consider, but Philemon, have you yourself ever been wrong? You know, so if you've been wronged, and then Paul reminds him, you owe me your very soul, so since you've been wronged, then that puts you more in a position to consider forgiving the one that's been, that has wronged you. Um, then Paul also put himself in a position that whatever the cost is, whatever the punishment, transfer the debt to me. 
So in that case, let us forgive like Jesus. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we can stop there. Amen. That was good. <laughs> Amen. Let us forgive like Jesus. And isn't that what Jesus really did for us? Isn't that what he did for us? You know, it's like, you know, just like Paul, you know, charge it to me. It's like we have this advocate in the Lord Jesus. He said, charge it to me. I know he was the one that was wrong. He's the one that committed this sin. He's the one that is guilty as charged. He is the one that should die. He's the one that should be condemned. But now what I want you to do is charge it to me. Somebody here, you ought to be praising God a little bit more. Y'all didn't, didn't catch that. Come on, because if you caught that, you'd be praising God. What you did, you didn't pay for Y'all hear that? The penalty and the debt, it went on Jesus Christ. He died. The wages of sin is death. Come on, somebody. But guess what? He died for me. Somebody ought to give God some praise. Come on, you can see in the book of Philemon, you can see the picture of Jesus Christ and what he did for the church, what he did for us. Took my place. Somebody, come on, help me. Praise him. Oh. Here I come in here like Onesimus trying to come home. Oh, and I already know the whooping that I got coming. But Paul said, no, charge it to me. Let him just come on in and let him come in like a brother. Don't charge him nothing. Just bring him on in and love him and, and use him. You know, some of us, we ought to be able to find or see ourselves in this story. Here we come in here messed up, guilty as charged. God says, charge it to me. And when he says, charge it to me, let that person go free and let them be used. Michael, don't just sit them on the bench where they can't do something. No, get them up there and use them. Let them preach for me. Let them sing for me. Let them be playing the instruments for them. Treat them like a brother or a sister, like they didn't know wrong. Well. Come on, church. Come on, Onesimus. You know you're here. Give him some praise. Higher. My God. I know, I know Onesimus is here. My God. And guess what? God's going to use you. God's going to bless you. He's already paid your debt. My God. All right, hold on. Oh, I just feel some anointing on that. Come on, church. Recognize what he's done. Can the church shout glory? All right. Oh, yeah. God, God. All right. Where are we at? Uh, verse number, all right. Uh, <laughs> Y'all better, we're going to have us around. Church won't we'll be able to get to your group. You better come on. Oh, because when I think about what he did for me. Oh, imagine how what Onisma, he knew he had to face his master. Oh, but Paul writes this letter. Hallelujah. He said, we have an advocate, a mediator. Jesus Christ is our mediator. My God. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, Philemon 121. Let's keep on going. Having confidence in thy obedience. I wrote unto thee. Now, notice how he gives Philemon, Paul writes to him, he gives him the benefit of the doubt. There's a lesson just in that little scripture right there. Having confidence in thy obedience. In other words, I already know what you're going to do, Philemon. I don't even got to come back with you. You know, I ain't got to be over there just protecting Onesimus. Because, you know, some of, some of if somebody stole from your house or did something to you, you know, I'd have to be, okay, now don't beat him up. Don't beat him down. But Paul's telling him, you know what, I've got... I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. I have confidence in thy obedience. I wrote unto thee knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. 
You're going to go above and beyond, in other words. But withal, prepare me also a lodging, for I trust that through the prayers I shall be given unto you. All right, now, verse, or, uh, group number eight, rather. I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, speak on your questions. Uh, why was Paul so willing to trust Philemon? How do we think that made Philemon feel when he was so willing to trust in him? Who's group number eight? Over there. Okay, go ahead. Praise the Lord. Um, why was Paul willing to trust in Philemon? And I believe it was because of the relationship and the history that Paul had with Philemon. Mm -hmm. And the history, he knew him, he knew what he, the work he was doing, it was all established in the beginning, how that he was a blessing to all those through his love for the church that he had established in his home. And Paul knew we should, we should also be able to, the relationships that we have amongst each other, we should be able to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. We can see the fruit that each, each of us are bearing. So we don't have to like chase behind or run after people right. and check up on them behind, check behind people. We should know that they being established um, sons and daughters of God that we can give each other the benefit of the doubt. We don't have to be so harsh mm -hmm. with each other. And also, how do you think that made Philemon feel? Philemon, I believe he, it felt good that Paul showed trust in him yes. and that Paul was willing to um, recognize that he, he trusted him to do above what he, he would even ask. So we should be able to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Amen. Amen. All right, group number eight. I appreciate you all for that. You know, we ought to have some confidence in each other. And a lot of times when somebody else shows that they have confidence in you, you know what that does for you? It gives you a boost in yours. It just kind of raises your confidence. You know what? Wow. He really thinks that I'm going to really do this. And guess what? You'll see that person probably even really do it for you. You know your kids. You're some, I, know, I really like the way you're doing that. I, I know you're going to get that done for me. You know, you, you know good and well. You <laughs> they ain't going to clean their room, but I know you're going to get that done for me, Sam. I know you're going to get that done for me, Nate. You know, I can imagine they get a little bigger. Right now, I can't. I ain't got no confidence in them. But, <laughs> but it's coming today. There's coming today where they're going to get big enough. And I'll be able to say that, and I'll be able to trust in them. You know, now there's, there's a give and take on that. I'm sure, like you said, Philemon probably did have a relationship, and he had enough history with Paul where Paul knew, yeah, I can count on you. All right, let's go ahead and get through this. Uh, not group 9 and group 10, I think I just come Combine those together, um, and we're about done with this. All right, uh, verse 23. All right, now what could we get out of this? There salute the Epaphras. Now we know he was the one that came down and started that church in Colossae. My fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus, Aristocras, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. All right, now um, we ought to be a part, what I got out of this, we ought to be a part of a community of believers. How many believe that? Now, I know you just see a list of names, but if you're just doing a, a, a Pentecostal solo, um, you know, by yourself, you know, that's why it's so important. The scripture says that we ought not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Y'all hear that? But even more so as you see the day approaching. I don't know about you. Anybody see the day approaching? We ought to stick together, all right? And we ought to be in communities of, of, of believers, all right? We ought to meet together in the house of the Lord, you know? And it ain't nothing wrong with having a little gathering at your house like they did back in these days, small groups. 
All right? Okay, now, um, let's go ahead and hear from uh, group number 9 and 10. Uh, actually, let me get down to the last verse, and then y'all can just take us on home. Uh, the last verse, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, uh, with your spirit. Amen. All right, my question for you all is, what are ways we can stay connected with other like-minded believers. I believe that was you all. Okay, go ahead, Elder Green. That brother's Praise boy, the Lord, everybody. he's been a blessing all day long. <laughs> One of the things I think about Paul, Paul was evangelistic. Yes, sir. He said he became all things to all men that he might win some. Come on. I think about the small groups and I think about the fellowship that we have one with another. Yeah. And then the fellowship of being able to serve. You know, to serve, it has to come from the heart, first of all. And love is a heart thing. And so when you love souls, you love to serve souls. We think about how we break bread. We fellowship with one another. You know, you, you cook. People have joy when you cook. There's a happiness that comes over eating good food. And then I think about when we come together in fellowship, how we don't look at each other condescendingly. We don't judge one another. But out of love, praying for one another because... We are on this journey. It doesn't matter where the journey begins in what each one of our lives, but the most important thing is that we love each other. And if I have something that I can share with you that can help you, I need to share with you. Not to get in your business, not to be a busybody in other men's matters, but fervently praying for each other. There's nothing like loving each other. Then also think about with the small groups. When you have people come in that's when the people that are saved, we work as an, a, a unit to, to get that other person that's not saved. Yes. And that's what's most important. Because when people come in, you don't know what walk of life they come from, how, where, where their spiritual growth is. But when we have ears to hear and our eyes are open, we can hone in on the ones that are not saved with love. And, and, and be a, a light to them that they might see God and not see us. You know, sometimes we come together and we can be jovial and laugh and joke. I'm a jokester. I, I know it. But it's time out to deal with the souls of men. And Paul was about the souls of men. And that's what this whole thing was about, the souls of men. Amen. Man, come on, let's give Elder Green in group number 9 and 10 a hand. Give God. Come on, let's give the Lord just one more praise today. Amen for this story. Philemon. Amen. The example that we see of what Paul commended him to do for Onesimus, we ought to forgive each other, we ought to love each other, and we ought to stick together. Amen. And we ought to have some fellow laborers. Y'all hear that? Amen. I appreciate it. That's what I was saying about Elder Green. Fellow laborer out there. And you know what I appreciate about him and about others of you all, Sister Sean, today, coming in and vacuuming the ladies that came in over the weekend and helped clean the church. You know, I thank God for people that are not just anointed in the microphone, you know, but some of you all anointed cleaning toilets, you know, in there chopping up pews, sweeping the floor. I appreciate that, you know, and we as fellow laborers in the house of the Lord. All right, I'm going to ask the officials to come on tonight. We're going to prepare our offering. Amen. And can we stand to our feet right now? Amen. There's somebody here on tonight, on a Tuesday night. Guess what? We will baptize you in Jesus' name even on a Tuesday night. If you repent of your sins, you can have your sins washed away even on tonight. 
And I just believe that if somebody in here wanted the Holy Ghost tonight, like the Bible says, I guarantee you that the Lord even can do it for you, even on a Tuesday night. Amen. The Lord is not just limited to Sunday mornings or Sunday evenings. The Lord can do it for you. So if you want the Holy Ghost or you want to uh, or seek the Lord for the Holy Ghost or if you want to be baptized tonight, you can make yourself known at this time. Amen. Amen. I got a lot of talking, a lot of moving. All right. Now, please, y'all, altar call. All right. Appreciate that. All right, let's go ahead and pray over our um, offering. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for this gathering on tonight. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that we can still meet together in the building. I praise your name for that. I'm just asking your blessings upon the offering on tonight um, and upon each individual in each home. God, I'm asking you, Lord, as Philemon opened up his home, Lord God, and, um, and shared forgiveness and love, Lord God, to one that had wronged him, Onesimus. I'm praying, God, that we would see this example in Scripture and apply it to our own lives. I pray God, that we would be fellow laborers, work together, Lord God, that we would be more open with each other for fellowship, Lord. I pray, God, that we would be more forgiving, God, that we wouldn't harbor anger and bitterness and resentment, Lord. I pray that this church would stick together and be on one accord. I pray, God, that you would do great things in our midst, Lord. Bless this people, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in this offering. We give you praise for it. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. You can come from the rear at this time. Yeah. Um, please remember, uh, I have a couple of announcements just before you head off. On Saturday, um, we do have a funeral here um, in the building uh, for Sister Selena Bousset's brother. He was just here last Sunday sitting on the back row, and he passed away. Um, and so that funeral will be here. The viewing will be from 10 to noon. The funeral will be at noon. Um, Elder Ash um, will be giving the eulogy. I'll be officiating that service. If you can be an assistance to that, um, to the, uh, the repast dinner, um, you can sign up, I believe, in the fellowship hall. Um, I'm looking for Sister Michelle. I believe she said she was going to have a sign-up sheet, or make sure you contact her to let her know. Here she is in the back. Is it in the fellowship hall, Sister Michelle? Okay, they can see Sister Michelle, if you can be assistance to that on Saturday. Uh, Sister Mike. Oh, and also, that's, that's true. Jalen and uh, Brother Jalen and Sister Brooklyn are getting married on Sunday. Um, and they, they did speak to me about that, you all. And so I know, um, you know, it seems like they're doing it in haste, but there ain't nothing wrong with that. I ain't, I'm not mad at them all. Amen. And so we're going to support them. We're going to love them. They, got, they had enough time to get counsel and all that. And so we're going to love them. Be a blessing to them. If you can give them a card or a gift or put some money in their hands. How many people have ever had somebody do something nice for you? So this is a little wedding day. So we're going to go ahead and have church. But afterwards, we're going to celebrate that couple. All right? Sister uh, Sweetie. Yes, ma'am. Let's listen, saints. All right, we're going to remember that need. I also want to put it out there for you all to um, it's the 22nd through the 25th. Save that date March, and mark your calendar because that's our uh, church anniversary. All right? Um, and just so y'all can be, have enough time to be mad at me, we are going to have Bible class that week. Uh, 
And, but there would be no Sunday night service um, beforehand. That's the third Sunday normally given to small groups. There would be no small groups that night either. I'd like to meet with all the small group leaders on the third Sunday just for us to kind of come together one more time. So y'all take a break. But that week, be ready. Come in here ready to praise the Lord. And we're going to have Bible class and church throughout the week. Sister Monique, and then we'll pray through the need. We sure will. All right. Those of you who are still here with me, let's remember these needs right now. Father, we look to you even right now, God, for Sister Sean, uh, Sister Shauna, Lord. And also, we look to you even right now, Lord God, for the need that Sister Sweetie mentioned, Lord God. I believe her co-worker. You know each one of these individuals and what they're going through. I give you the praise, the honor, and the glory because you are well able to heal, to deliver, Lord God, and to help and to meet all needs, God. Father, as a church, Lord God, right now we lift up our dear sister, Lord God, and we lift up Lord God, this co-worker, Lord, asking you, God, to touch and to meet those needs, to heal and to raise up, God, to do what you do best, God.